0: You're listening to episode 22 of Daughters on Fire with your hosts, Robin Arab and Melissa Burton. In this episode, Robin and I are going to talk to you about what to look for when you travel home. It's that time, summer is here, and most of us are doing some traveling, even in the midst of this crazy 2020 summer. And a lot of you are gonna go home and visit family, visit maybe your parents or loved one who is aging, And so it may be time to think about what to look for to see if they're declining to the point you may need to be concerned about their independence. So Robin and I will go through kind of a checklist of red flags that you can look at just to see and check in to see how they're doing at home. Hopefully they're doing great and will be there and independent for many more years to come. But if not, Here are some tips on how to deal with the decline that may happen as they slowly start to lose their independence. So stay tuned.
1: Are you stressed, burned out, and looking for answers as you care for an aging parent?
0: If you are, this podcast is for you. Here you will receive actionable advice from seasoned professionals, validation and compassion for the incredibly tough job you are doing, and most importantly, supportive love from a community of like-minded warriors
1: you're not alone. Join this powerful community as we support you on your complicated journey and help you transform into an empowered and calmer caregiver.
0: We're back for another value-packed episode. Robin, let's get started today because I know this is going to be a hot topic uh, to go along with the hot summer. Um, a lot of people tend to plan vacations and visit family during the summer months. And we want to kind of segue from that of what to look for. What are the red flags when you're heading home, when you visit mom and dad that may be signs that something's not up or something's not right. And you need to be starting to, you know, tune into changes that are happening. So Robin, kick us off with this topic.
1: Well, it's time to put on your detective hat because you're going to be looking around for clues and paying attention to things that probably in the past you never thought about. So we're going to give you some tips and some guidelines on what to look for and um, just see how your loved one is getting along. So I think um, number one, which is most important, and I think maybe the most obvious, is... Check that car for dents. Are there little dings and dents and different things? Um, I think I may have talked about in another episode about mom would hit something and she'd go get it fixed right away. Mm -hmm. So she drove into the parking lot and those cement poles thought she could make it, misjudged it, scraped the side of her car. Same thing she hit her friend's garage, misjudged that type thing. So, um, When you start hearing those things, that means that maybe they're just not paying attention or she was, her, her point was um, depth perception, perception. She could not um, align with that. So that's why she was hitting things. Um, Oh my gosh. I just thought of a funny story.
0: (laughs) So Do tell.
1: um, In the little town we lived in, as all towns, we have um, potholes. So she didn't like the potholes. So she would weave around the potholes as she was driving because she was trying to save her car. So you wouldn't go home and see the dents. She got pulled over by the police and ask if she had been drinking, which the woman probably never had a drop of alcohol in her life because she was weaving. And so (laughs) around the uh, potholes.
0: Hey, that's a real problem here in Tennessee. I know she's not from Tennessee, but I could see that being a problem here (laughs) after those rainy months and winter months with the salt on the road. Uh, getting pulled over at 10 a.m. because you're weaving in and out of the potholes.
1: (laughs) So uh, look for those police citations (laughs) on top of the dents.
0: (laughs) Yes, and the paint transfer. So you're right, like this is when our loving, um, you know, our loved ones that our moms or dads or whoever we're looking after, they think they're still okay. They think that, oh, it's no big deal. They may not even know that they're hitting things. And it starts in the parking lots, low speed. Usually when they're on the roads, everybody else is probably being safe around them. Right. But in parking lots um, where there's nobody kind of driving around and they're going in, that's prime time in the beginning of decline to, to be making mistakes. And, you know, I think we, we hear and see this all the time. So dense dings, paint transfer, um, yeah, this is not, this is one of those really big red flags because you might think a ding to the car is not that bad for your parent, but this is an indication that they may be safe, on unsafe on the road, and that's putting other lives in danger. Uh, slow response time, and I know even with the disease, uh, well, you know, you have like vision issues as you age potentially, and even with certain dementias, you know, the ocular Impacts can change too. So your depth perception and your peripheral view also changes. So yeah, this is one of those things. Um, we may need to do a whole episode on how to take the keys away. Have we uh, dived into that? Or we haven't we, dived into it like we not. fully. If we have touched on it. But um, there, yeah, I think we have probably mentioned get a doctor involved, um, get maybe uh, resources in your community out there, Make, make someone else the bad guy. But this is huge because it creates a big safety issue for your loved one, because that's a very dangerous thing, driving a ginormous machine around and you're impaired. But it's also the safety of the community. So number one,
1: the car. Well, and, and just to, before we step away from that, um, I guarantee you if you have the conversation, they will deny it. Oh, or or it's no big deal. Don't worry about it. I didn't hurt anybody. Things like that. So you might also want to hop in the car with them, take your life into your own hands, and yes. just just see how they're driving. Pay attention to that as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's not an easy, oh, it's time. Take it away. I mean, that is a struggle. That is a struggle. So. We're, we're gonna put that on the list I think okay. we need to de- dedicate an episode to got lo- it down losing the keys all right perfect <laughs> so number two is uh, I think we both were' talking about this earlier is look around the kitchen for old foods and old medications that are still being used there I mean they could be you know we all get those spices and those condiments in the refrigerator that we haven't used in years and we haven't thrown away. There's a big difference between what you just haven't done a spring cleaning on and what potentially is still being used without it, without your loved one realizing that it's no longer safe. For example, I have a funny story around this. My husband and I went to go visit his granny. She lived up on family property, and so we went up to visit, and she... Um, wanted to treat us to lunch but we kind of needed to help make lunch and so she was kind of directing us to well get this out of the refrigerator we're just going to make sandwiches so I got the mayo out of the refrigerator there's only one thing of mayo in there so it's not like oh I I didn't see the newer you know jar of mayo and it was expired by a few years (laughs) mayo people there's eggs in mayo okay and so she's like no 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 i said this is expired she's like no 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 it's fine it's fine really it's fine um you can use it well i didn't want to disrespect my grandmother-in-law so i'm putting the mayo and it's not there was nothing it smelled fine it um
1: no you mold, know,
0: it looked, no mold, nothing to indicate that it was dangerous, you know. And so, I put it on the sandwiches. I did not eat the sandwich. My brave <laughs> husband, he did eat the sandwich, and Granny ate the sandwich, and they were just fine. So, I don't know, maybe there is something to be said for the health benefits. Uh, because granny now is 102 still alive. So maybe there's something to be said for (laughs) aged mayonnaise. I mean, maybe it's like aged cheese or something, but (laughs) I did not eat the mayo, but those are things that, I mean, she was, she was using the mayo. She obviously didn't use it very often and probably used it once every six months. So one jar of mayo was lasting her for years and (laughs) years, but those are things to, to look for Are um, yeah, the expired <laughs> products that are still being used.
1: We should do a contest to see who finds the oldest um, expired oh, that, food. That
0: would be, <laughs> yeah, that would be funny. Yeah. And especially this is, I think, it's a segue into the state of the home and the cleanliness. But this is one of those things that, is this person somebody who actually was more on top of this before, you know, would they have ever had old stuff in the refrigerator? Were, were they, you know, the, um, oh, what do we say? The product of the depression where they saved everything. And so it's, it, and they may still have stuff that they use. You got it's such a fine line. Or is it somebody that was really clean and fastidious and was Robin Aram and probably cleaned <laughs> out her refrigerator every two months? That would be a red flag for Robin. Every it might two be something months. That's, you, you don't do you that weekly? You probably reorganized your I refrigerator on a regular basis. Weekly. Oh, my gosh. Yeah,
1: Trash day. Trash day gets done.
0: <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, so it will be easy to figure out if something's gone wrong with Robin. It might not be if if your loved one doesn't have these really um, Robin-esque habits.
1: <laughs> well, and my mom used to it was kind of funny because she never worked in a store but she would bring her cans and she'd rotate them. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, that still doesn't mean that they're not expired. Um but I I and tagging on to the expired foods, we also need to think about expired medicines or medicines that they're no longer taking that they think they're going to hang on to because medication is so expensive and they're going to keep it around because the doctor might put them back on it again. So um, I would definitely pull that and even think about the over-counter stuff because I do remember finding all kinds of um, out-of-date medicines by years in um, the linen closets and things. So that's just another thing um, to pay attention to, get them out because then especially prescription medicines because it can be confusing and, and pay attention to how they are organizing their medicines are, are they using a um, pill, pill box or what are they using to keep up with that? So just kind of check in and see what's going on. Um, I know yep. my mom would keep an updated um, list of medicines or so she thought they were updated in her purse, but you go to the doctor every six months and that can change. So
0: Yes. Yeah. And notice what is still full, you know, if it was an antibiotic and it wasn't taken fully or if it was, you know, a medication that they were supposed to be taking daily for. So you notice and put the pieces of the puzzle together about what was not used. If it was a pain medication, like you were saying, Robin, not only is that just... They, it can expire and it no longer is good, but that can actually make them um, a sitting duck as far as people wanting to get in and, and take sure. those medications. So those should not necessarily be sitting around. And one way you can get rid of medications, don't just don't put them down the toilet. Don't just put them in the trash. There are ways that you can dispose of them. So um, it's good for the environment. And I think there are drop-offs um, at police stations maybe? Yes. Yes. And And I
1: think hospitals too.
0: What about pharmacies? Can you drop off old meds at pharmacies?
1: I'm not sure if you can. You might be able to.
0: But there are places to dispose of medications. So yeah, don't just throw them in the trash, (laughs) please.
1: (laughs) Well, and what I've noticed with a lot of older people is for some reason, they all become MDs when they've reach a certain age. So if they take a pill for one day or two days and that has a side effect, or if it has, doesn't make them feel right, or they just don't like it, the color of it, they decide not to take. So um, find out why that antibiotic is still full or, you know, why they didn't take something. Just right? put that detective and, hat back on.
0: Yeah. Cause I mean, there's a lot of times where, you know, nobody wants to be taking, 15 different medications and that sometimes you can, the the list starts to get very, very long and medications can start to, impact other medications, and that's why get all your medications at one pharmacy so that pharmacist can really advise you about what you're taking. Don't take old medications because it may interact with new medications, and if your doctor doesn't know you're currently on it, that can be a problem, Um, but then also be very honest about side effects. There are a lot of times where incontinence or erectile dysfunction may be side effects, and your loved one may not really want to tell you that, But that could be the reason why. I mean, maybe you don't want to know that your parents are still having sex or they want to, but a medication that they're on is causing (laughs) erectile dysfunction. But that is something that can be happening and that could be a reason why they don't want to take the medications and um, encourage them to talk to their doctors about that.
1: Well, and also, um, my mom and I i think probably most older people know their pharmacist and their friend, they recognize them when they come in. So that's not only we tell you to talk to the doctors and, and things, but um, check with the pharmacist, talk to him. You know, my mother always wanted to introduce me to the pharmacist. And so... Uh, They know much more about pills sometimes than the doctors do. The doctors prescribe them and move on. But the pharmacists know more about the interactions, the side effects, and things like that than the doctors actually do.
0: Right. And a lot of times, I don't know if they actually take note of it, but the pharmacist can advise someone on the -the over-the-counter medications. They can look at their medications that they're taking and then tell them, whether or not they should be combining and over-counter medications, which they're not always asking the doctors about those. But, yeah, so those are right. – pharmacists are great resources. Um, so also just kind of with going around the home, cleanliness, noticing what's being cleaned. Uh, this can be um, – a vision thing, if they're not literally, they don't see something getting dingy and dirty, or it can be a cognitive thing, or it can be a physical thing. Maybe they can't reach or they can't bend down to get things clean. So cleanliness, um, if they're paying attention, you know, are, did they love having live plants <laughs> around and are plants starting to die? Um, is the state of a pet something to be paying attention to? Do they look sickly? Do, are, are there like poop piles and, and pee stains around where maybe they weren't before? Um, the state of the outside, are they maintaining the yard and it's, are things in disrepair that are not being fixed? And then Robin, I know you had mentioned and love for you to, to talk about this is hoarding. Are they starting to hang on to things that they shouldn't?
1: Right. And it could start as something so simple as those grocery bags or um, now they have, uh, here we are with COVID, but now they have rolls and rolls and rolls of toilet paper or there's things they're not using or, or so are so they wasting their money and bringing things in or are they stacking up old magazines or pictures, just things. And, you know, we talked about in our last, um, actually in, one coming forward is about home safety and how to clear those paths and things. So that can be very dangerous. Um, we talked about the, the cleaning and, you know, not being able to see what you were just saying and to tag team onto that. Sometimes the first steps in introducing a loved one to maybe a caregiver coming in is a housekeeper. And that doesn't seem as, um, Intrusive as a caregiver in the beginning. So it might be time to say, Hey mom, you know, you can't reach those things or you can't bend down anymore. So how about if we bring somebody in? I think my mom had somebody once a month. That's all she really needed because she physically was not allowed it, due to heart conditions. Push the vacuum cleaner and that could be with many people. So it might be time to introduce that or introduce the handyman or somebody to come and fix those things. And we always would say, enjoy it while you're here living it. Why would you wait until you passed for us to come back and clean these things up? Don't you want to see your home looking nice or enjoy a new carpet, things like that. So it is time, um, that gives you a little leeway to bring somebody in and help out with the hoarding and the, the cleaning and, um, of the home. And also, uh, pay attention to hygiene Mm -hmm. because, um, you know, they may not, they may think I'm just sitting here all day. I'm not going to, to shower every day. And then it, you know, spreads out to every other day and maybe weekly and, you know, things like that is their hair, are their, their hair, is it clean? Are their clothes clean? Are they wearing dirty clothes? Are they doing laundry? Um, just day-to-day things, pay attention to those little things that we take for granted that, um, maybe slipping a little bit.
0: All right. So Robin, um, you had mentioned that, um, you know, hygiene and hoarding are two red flags and that kind of segues right into cognitive and behavioral changes. So if people, if you're going and you're seeing your loved one and they're really changing dramatically from what you remember, you know, during your last visit these could also be red flags and go hand in hand. Um, and I mean, with the hoarding, you could that could be maybe something related to paranoia. Dementia can sometimes have traits of paranoia. Um, if people just seem more heightened in a, you know, in a, their awareness and they're suspicious of everything, those are red flags to look for. Along these lines, Robin, what are some other cognitive and behavioral changes that people should be noting?
1: Well, and you need to to look if they can't recall names. Mm. You know, most likely in the early stages, they're still going to know you, so they're not going to. That's not really a worry. Might maybe your children or your or their great grandchildren, um, they may not remember those names. Just pay attention to those type things. Or um, you know, I do think I, I'm gonna. I was gonna say talking. To yourself, and I think we all kind of talk to ourselves when we're home alone. But um, my mom would have a whole conversation; she'd be out there just, just talking. Um, So those type things, maybe not being able to pull it together to get out of the house, maybe not um, able to fix a meal anymore. Or pl- make plans or understand tomorrow we're going to go shopping as a family or we're going to go sightseeing as a family and they can't keep it straight. Now, what what are yeah. we doing? And, and things yeah, the like schedule. that. Yeah, right.
0: Remembering the schedule, forgetting things, not showing right. up to things they used to go to.
1: Right. So, yes, Um I like that. Not showing up for things that they used to go to, you know, if if maybe they went to a Bible study or a book club or something, and and now they're not doing that, that type thing. Um, The other thing is checking, checking the bills. Mm -hmm. So are the bills getting paid? Um, One of the things that I did, um, I set up bill pay for her in her account. So I knew that everything was being paid, but she had this drawer and it's been the drawer always, for my whole life that she, that's where she kept the bills and she kept them in order of what date they were due. And she would write checks and things like that. And um, I started noticing that there were all the, all this extra mail in there and what it was, all these places that will send you um, return labels Mm -hmm. and say, give us $5 or it was the humane society. Give us this or give us that. And you, she didn't, send them but she had stacks and stacks of them so i went through and cleaned out that drawer and had everything i think i've talked about this another podcast that um i went through pulled all those out and stupidly threw them in the trash well after i left she took them all back and put them in the drawer but that is something that you you need to look at is scams are they sending money to um donations, are they sending money to somebody else? I had a family that the mother had three Reader's Digest subscriptions. Oh, wow. Because she didn't, couldn't keep straight that she'd already subscribed and they didn't stack it on. And so it was a mess. And that's, you know, that was money saved.
0: Right. There's the, the people who end up Taking advantage unintentionally, like you said, like the charitable do- donations because they don't realize that this person can't afford to or doesn't is not cognitively in tune with what they're spending their money on. And that's like innocent, right? right? And then there's the people that are out there hunting for these vulnerable victims and they're calling them on the phone and they're, you know, maybe going by and or they're maybe people you thought you could trust that are coming and going into the house. And if they can maybe get a bill or they can get an identity. So you do need to step in and be kind of those eyes and ears in those situations. So getting on the bank accounts, if you can, um, Checking in to see who's coming into the home, making sure the financial documents and the important and legal documents are not easy, easily accessible. Because, yeah, they're becoming a very vulnerable population. And if they're losing any of their ability to know uh, how if they're being scammed, then that's that's a problem. And it could be because cognitively they're declining. It could be because they're lonely. And they're not as savvy. And they're they. you and I could be victims of these scams. And people are victims. You know, it's not just the elderly, but the elderly who are isolated and at home and may need people to step in and help them are more at risk for that. So that's why partnering with your parents, with your loved one um, during this time becomes even more important, which brings us to our next part, which is how do you step in to really help become a partner on this journey with your loved one. And the first thing to do is to have a conversation, but nothing is ever solved in one conversation. So you're planting the seeds. And there may be a lot of resistance at first because what you're talking about is becoming um that they're going from being independent into this new journey. And a lot of times the fear is that you're going from independent to dependent. And that people really often forget or don't even realize there's a whole phase of interdependency. And so if they realize that you're collaborating to be a partner with them, and I've mentioned this before in podcasts, that that's going to be like, yes, I need help. But still, that's a hard thing to, to be like, especially parents. They, you know, they, they, they put diapers on your butt, right? So to realize that they need your support in a way that they once supported you, and that can be a hard thing to grapple with. So this is not going to be an easy conversation. And well, and I, think, oh, I was oh, gonna say sometimes it may be an impossible conversation and you still have to protect them. So that's when it gets sticky. But go ahead. What were you going to say,
1: Robin? I think, too, that um, having those conversations, a lot of times, as we've said about other things, blame it on somebody else. Yeah, I, I'm doing this because the world is so crazy right now. And there are so many people that want to take from you. So l- let me help you be safer because of other people taking advantage of you not. So you're not saying, I think you're slipping and you're not able to do this, but you're, you're saying, let's be cautious. It's all in, in the wording of how, how to move forward. So I think definitely um, that is helpful. I think uh, we, we talked about talking to the pharmacist, talking to your doctors, and we'll get into that another time, but also the neighbors checking with the neighbors. My mom had a neighbor that they lived catty corner from each other. And, They had a pact that if by 10 o'clock the blinds were not up in each of their homes, they would check on each other. And they did several times call in and say, hey, I noticed your blind wasn't up yet. Are you feeling okay? Things like that. Um, But having a system, but also they can help you with your detective work. Oh yeah, we saw your mother. I can't tell you how many times we were told your mother drove this way or that way. Different people would check in and and tell us that, or, you know, we, we saw her, that she fell or we saw different things. So the neighbors are invaluable to help you, um, find out what's going on when you're not around.
0: Neighbors, friends, churches, swap numbers, make sure they know how to get in touch with you.
1: That's exactly what I was just going to say. Get those numbers. Um we've had several times we had to call a neighbor and say hey we've called and called and called mom's not picking up well you know then her phone wasn't charged or something silly but nevertheless we had the numbers of people to check have checked on her
0: yeah and a lot of times i don't know about you robin but like our neighborhood is is mixed families so i'm next door to an elderly gentleman but of course i'm i'm younger and then there's someone on the other side who's younger with young kids and stuff so it's not all there are some communities where everybody's like hey they've known each other forever and they're all the same age and they all may be starting their own journeys of decline but a lot of times it's you can rely on the neighbors because they're not they're not um, besties and they're going to go you know talk to your loved one and make them paranoid that you're spying on them but it's more like people who are genuinely concerned and have the wherewithal to notice when things are going wrong.
1: Right. My mom had the greatest neighbor. He would come over when it snowed, he would shovel for her. He was younger and he did. He, he had, he, We as we say, Melissa, he, he got it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he would check in on her. And he, I mean, he was very, very good to her. He'd mow the yard, different things, but he understood that there was an older lady living there by herself and he needed to be on the lookout.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's what builds community right there. And Absolutely. people want to do that. People want to know their neighbors uh, most of the times, and they, they want to be a support. Um, so, yes, I think we've got that down. Um, can you think of anything else? Maybe getting on, if your parents are open to it, your loved one is open to it, maybe getting on the contact and the release of information list for their doctors and providers so that you can check in. Again, this may be a little bit of a tricky conversation to have if they're not open to it, but if they are, make sure that you um, have a list of their their doctors, maybe have the logons to their portals or health portals, have the list of medications and stuff. Again, it just really helps out when you're you're functioning as a team to know all that information.
1: Well, and one other thing um, I think to think about as you're there, and I I found this with a family that I worked with, pay attention when they're on the phone. Pay attention to how they answer people. And I had walked in um, to a lady's home and she took a phone call and she started telling all kinds of personal information. And I just merely said, who are you talking to? And it turned out, um well she actually said who are you after she gave the information so pay attention and and maybe educate them on you know what not to share but sometimes they can't hear who who they who they introduced themselves as or where they were with so that's you know just pay attention to those kind of conversations when you're there and see how they're handling things like that
0: yep so i think that pretty much sums it up pay attention
1: that's That's it yes (laughs) be the detective and pay attention
0: (laughs) yep and 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 communication as we're we're building this month on um our tips so paying attention and communication are key all right robin can you think of any other wonderful nuggets to pass along to our daughters on fire out there
1: no i think that's good just um do your check-ins and see what you can find out
0: Perfect. All right, Robin. Thank you so much for another great episode. All right. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and ask that you subscribe to this podcast. If you find this podcast helpful, please leave a review so we can reach more women like you. You are not alone on your journey and the Fire Tribe is here to support you. Check us out at daughtersonfire.com and our Facebook group for more support and resources. Until next time, remember, you are the fire that fuels the engine of
1: life.